I'm Nick Abrahams, and welcome to Web3, From Mystery to Main Street, the podcast where we talk about how technologies like crypto, DeFi, NFTs, and the metaverse are being successfully embraced by mainstream businesses. Well, welcome, everyone, and I am delighted today to welcome Jordan Fogarty, who is an award-winning entrepreneur and founder and CEO of Australian specialist Web3 strategy and delivery company, B Media by Anamoka Brands. Jordan is a market-leading business growth strategist and was named in Business News 40 Under 40 Entrepreneur of the Year. Uh, and so, Jordan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Nick. How are you? Yeah, really well. Very well. Excited to have you here. So it's great. Um, and, you know, there's there's actually not that many companies that that really sort of rise to the top in terms of when you think about Web3 strategy and delivery, but obviously, you know, B Media is there. Maybe just to get a bit of a sense of things, could you give us a, you know, how did you come to be uh, where you are? What's what's the, the journey? Okay, I'll give you the uh, the the succincter version if you like. Uh, so we... <laughs> We've got an hour and a half. Let's. Uh... Yeah, no problem. So were, were you a good student? Were you diligent? Let's hear it. <laughs> so yeah, I think from from a perspective, I, I started the um, southern company um, about eight and a half years ago, and it was yeah. an interesting moment. We and us at the time were very much a you know a web one agency, right? Which was right. desktop search, um, sort of you know this early early era of the internet, if you like, and then. Yep. We evolved into Web2, that mobile and social um, focus areas as a company uh, very quickly because we're like, okay, this is how to get our customers and clients and their customers to the to the next era of the internet where things are becoming more, you know, more immersive and, and engaging. So we scaled to that and it was an interesting point. I got a friend asked me, have a, you know, have lunch with this gentleman, Yan, um, yep. who's the founder of Animoca Brands globally. Yep. Uh, and at the time, it was a really small company. They were just yep. trying, to, trying to raise money and, and going around Australia and, and elsewhere. And yeah, that's where the journey sort of started. Um, our relationship, our friendship, I suppose, started. Uh, and it was interesting. He's like, you, you know, part of his team were like, you interested in coming on this board uh, of, a, of a fitness metaverse, which yep. at the time I was like, wow. What's that? You know, <laughs> it was yeah, yeah, it was somewhat out there in the early stage. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely was. And then that sort of journey, you know, turned to about last year, um, being being called by Yat to say, listen, you know, we'd love to chat, love to, you know, use the synergies of your company um, and a lot of your skills in project management and and delivery and you know stakeholder management and technology, all those different components and yep. parts. Um, yep. To 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 come on board and sort of you know join join the group if you like to to execute on the big vision. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. No, it's a it's a great story and it is um, you know it's often quite fortuitous the people who you meet throughout your career and how that can pay off. Um, I think what I'm seeing right at the moment is there are a lot of digital agencies who are now claiming I guess to be Web three agencies and. Um, and you know they don't necessarily have have quite the book of work to to support that. I understand completely why they're why they're there. But uh, you guys have have been around in the space for a long time, uh, comparatively speaking. Can you talk a little bit about sort of some of the projects uh, that you've worked on? 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, probably an exciting one that's been, you know, a lot of the last, a lot of our headspace the last six months particularly has been um, the AFL projects. So yeah. We're in right. the Australian Football League. So, um, you know, a lot of people call it the brand that runs Australia. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I mean, look at what happened during lockdown, yeah? I mean, how critical was it to the government to get football, particularly AFL, back and, and make it yeah. because people do, you know, people love it. So, yeah, it's a very and important it's a, a great opportunity to work on such a, you know, culturally relevant, you know, it's got this passionate fans, over yep. a million members. So it's a really exciting project to work on because we've got a five-year joint venture with them and it's a really oh, open scope to basically add as much value in this space together with them in this partnership over the next five years. And I think the AFL has been incredibly cutting edge in how they've approached this like like they have been against most other leagues in australia consistently is being that sort of you know willing to take risks being that front runner um for their fan base so it's been an, a really exciting six months and so you mentioned something which was really well a lot of things that were really important but one of the things you said was the fan base and um you know if if you look at sort of web two compared to web three it seems like community is is one of those big differentiators. So in Web3, we talk a lot more about community. Can you talk about, I guess, that the importance of yeah. having a community, having a fan base? And it's probably simple or easier with AFL because the concept of fans and sport is pretty common. But with, you know, for corporates, uh, what's, mm. the, what's the lift to, to go from customers uh, to community? Yeah, so there's a few components to that. I'll break it down into sort of starting with, I, we sort of view Web2 as very much, you know, and previous, um, you know, prior to this Web3 space, right, as very, very product-centric marketing. You've got your product in the middle and you're running either digital ads or you're running marketing comms, all these other variant, you know, variants of marketing to shift and sell that product. Whereas it's very much the opposite in Web3. You've really, and this is what our, our comms are with all our, you know, different partners is you, it's about the community first. In, it was interesting. We are at this um, event a few months ago and Yap was speaking there and someone said, listen, the Board 8 Yacht Club community is just for really rich people with Ferraris. And he said, that's interesting because a year ago it wasn't. Right. It was you right. could get into the Board 8 Yacht Club for $200 for for you you know for your board eight. and they put so much onus on the community and how important that was and then they started opening them up to other projects and all of these other things that are creating this great tribe you know we've always been tribal creatures us humans yeah. um and yeah now there are some people paying millions of dollars for mm. one of them but that's correlated to the value of the community they built not if they started at $12 million per, then that right. would be a good argument, right? But, yeah. but they didn't. So it's a, I think that's an interesting story, which we find a lot of corporates or large organisations quite struggle to get their head around. But, you know, people go, well, this, how is this, you know, monkey worth um, that? And it's yeah. like, well, let's break down the fundamentals of the value and power of community, which we're all really trying to create at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe just to to drop into a little bit more about the AFL. So, what's the yeah. if you can talk about it? You know, what's the okay. what's it going to look like? What's the you know what's what's the the fan experience and so forth? 
Yeah, so I'll start like high level, then I'll break down into specifics. Um, so from a perspective that, you know, the a lot of the conversations with the AFL have been listened and, and they've been totally, totally on board with this journey is it's about building this really awesome fan community. You know, we're using this technology to empower that. So NFTs of, of great sporting moments, like the top goals, the top, you know, Buddy's 1000 goal, all of these right. amazing moments that people want to own. It's the first time ever where these actual fans get to own a piece of the AFL. This has always been IP that has been owned. Now it's actually been sold and offered. So you, you know, for example, Nick can buy something or you could actually, for the first time ever, truly support and back your favourite player, let's say he's been playing the game for a couple of years, you're like, this guy is going to be a hero of the game. Yep. You could be buying his NFTs, really supporting him. Five, ten years down the track, it's on chain, on the blockchain, that you were truly there as a fan supporting him. So I think that's really quite one cool way to look at what we're doing with just the NFTs. But don't forget the NFTs, almost a, we think of it like your ticket to the dance. Now that you own an NFT, you can get all of this other access and, and something you know called utility where you can use this NFT across not just the AFL Web3 ecosystem, but actually game day. And why not with partners external, why not getting a beer before the game or dinner afterwards? And then we look at all the different Anamoka sort of partners and subsidiaries. Why can't you go and use your NFT throughout this wide virtual ecosystem as well. So it's a lot more than just buying an image, if, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think I think that's probably the the missing piece of the puzzle for for corporates particularly who or, or folks who just look at it like my is, you know, an indifferent looking ape JPEG worth a million dollars. Yeah. And it's and it's more, I think, than just um, you know, sort of a you know, an invitation to a country club sort of thing, like a you know a, a high end club. It's I think yeah. what we're seeing with corporates is this is this is the loyalty program, but completely reimagined and trying to create that sense of community. And it's, it's fascinating you mentioned bringing other brands into that as well. Um, so that you know that obviously creates tremendous opportunity. Uh, how I, I, I was speaking to um, uh, to a particular corporate, and uh, and they were like, "Oh yeah, no, we're gonna you know go down the NFT uh, path." Yeah. And I mentioned sort of Discord to them. They're like, "Yeah, what's that?" Um, and so it it sort of makes me realise that uh, how how do we get so in the case something like the AFL? So yeah. it's it's you know it's it's one proposition to sell to people who are already on chain and already got a wallet yeah. and and get the NFT thing. But, you know, the AFL has, has a, you know, it's a very broad church. There's a lot of different folks there. What, what's the what's the strategy to bringing sort of off-chain folks into buying it? And, you know, is there, is there fiat? Can they buy it in Aussie or do they have to get, uh, do they have to get crypto? How does that all work? Yeah, definitely. So I think, you know, we're trying to make it the user experience as, as easy as possible. I think one challenge of, of Web3, um, you know, at the moment is the user experience is a little bit clunky, right? Like potentially like the internet might have been 20 years ago exactly. or yep. e-commerce was 15 uh -huh. years ago. It wasn't as easy as it is now. I mean, you know, Amazon one click now, you know, it's like, oh, it's, it's here in six hours. Like how is it so easy? <laughs> it's even easier than going to the shop down the road or something yep. Yeah, so they've worked on that user experience for for twenty two years. Amazon has, but in this instance, we want to make all 
it's about connecting the community to make it. So we've got to make it as easy as possible. So yes, you can, can, can come on with your visa card and then you're going to go through one or two steps that won't feel too much different to buying a pair of shoes online. That That's the real goal with making the, making the user experience nice and easy. And to be honest, by using that passion and fandom, it's like, I want to own that. So you've got to put in that little bit of extra effort, even though you might have to go through extra one or two steps because you're so passionate about owning that particular moment or or that particular pack that you, that you want to own because you're a fan. Yeah, yeah. And, and and once again, if if you're not able to talk about that, that's that's fine. But what's because you mentioned the players, and so obviously yeah. in sports, you've got there's the the code, so the AFL, and then you've got the players. So are the players sort of coming along for this ride as well? Do the players benefit from uh, this totally NFT? Yeah. Yeah, they, they really do. So I think there's almost three le- levels. There's the code, if you like, then there's the clubs. There's 18 clubs all around Australia, which each to their own are, you know, thriving businesses and thriving thriving organisations. And then you've got, of course, the players. So I think initially, like, our real focus is, and we're actually within a couple of weeks going to be launching the whole project, AFL Min, and it's exciting because where it initially it's about offering some some great you know great packs and, and all these things that fans can love but discord already is really thriving for afl men okay. and we're getting so much feedback from what people want to see whether it's collingwood or west coast or you know essendon or sydney swans all of these different clubs and, and players and, and whatnot are giving us so much feedback so yeah we see some really we're working, going to be working on some really, um, I, I think I find them really interesting projects, art collaborations and different collaborations oh, with particular players. Yeah. So I can't say too much specifically. Of course, but yeah. really, right now I can't because we haven't announced it, but there's some really exciting, and this is I think what's quite cool about this space. You mentioned before community. When you start to connect these really strong communities together and, and all, you know, almost have all these all these connections occurring, whether it's bringing in artists, bringing in entertainment, bringing in, you know, other retail and hospitality partners, bringing all of these communities, that's when I think it becomes, for an end user, super valuable and exciting to be part of these um, groups. And it's fascinating because they, they become sort of this um, sort of quite specific community, like a social, you know, it's like a social media platform, but just for that specific uh, community, which I guess is why, you know, folks like Facebook have, uh, you know, changed their name to Meta and, um, you know, trying to think about sort of, you know, what their Web3 strategy is. Um, maybe if we could sort of flip to what does it mean for corporates? And and we know, you know, so Penfolds has got their wine, NFT. We've seen yeah. endless amounts of um, the luxury brands minting NFTs. We've got car brands minting NFTs. Can you give us a sense of, you know, with the corporates that you're working with, are there any projects that you work on or any, you know, what what are the things that, that you say to corporate? What's the strategy that you take them on? Yeah, it's been it's been quite it's it's been interesting because we've really been very challenger in this space right. because we know how important the mindset and culture of creating successful community is. So really starting there, mindset, culture, like that's they're interesting conversations to have with big corporates that are like, well, we have 10 million members or we have 10 million customers and right. we just want to do an NFT for all of them. And I'm right. like sitting there at times going, hold on, <laughs> why? Like, okay, so everyone gets one. 
that really makes me want one. You know, like you've got to, <laughs> you've got to a petrol station, you go to a petrol station, right, or even a yeah. supermarket, they ask you if you have 17 cards and you're like in a rush, you're like, no, no, just please let me just pay. Like I don't have all of these different, because they're all quite siloed, all these loyalty programs are really right. quite siloed. So I think... Number one, it's we really push back on like where, and I use an example like Mickey, he's 28. He loves the football. Maybe he loves the NRL as well. Loves, you know, might, might want to fly between Sydney and Melbourne to go to different or, or over the rugby in, in WA at the moment. So therefore he needs an airline, might want to go to the pub before. So you think of this end user, Mickey. Okay, maybe, um, you know, we spoke to a luxury sort of watch um, group. I was like, okay, maybe Nikki, maybe Nikki would be interested in that. So maybe that would be an aligned partner. So a lot of it's about really pushing back and challenging them. Like you can't just have an ROI on your first, it's not a campaign. We're not running a, right. you know, a radio campaign. Or yep. We're not doing it like this. Like you've got to be willing to put the investment. And I think like, do you want me to give you an example of, I think of a company that's done it really right. well? Yeah, that'd be great. Thank so, you. And they've had, you know, they've been in the sandbox. They've been quite connected in the Anamoco broader broader group is is Gucci. So, of course, Gucci's been an amazing story the last decade, yep. you know, possibly 10, 12 years ago, you know, bit bit uncool, not very popular, just kind of fading away a little bit. And then now you walk past, I don't know, whenever I walk through a city, you're like, what is that huge line of people outside that thing? Exactly. It's Gucci, isn't it? Wow. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. they're young and they're, they're, they're incredibly groovy, you know. They're young, they're hip, they're kind of more straight. All of these things have just reconnected and reinvigorated like, you know, a very old brand. So they started with something actually in the Sandbox Metaverse, um, which is an Anamoka, Anamoka um, company, and they just did an activation. They just had a, you know, an area where it was experimentation and they were playing around, experimenting. They did an NFT drop of these, you know, little collectibles and people actually got them sent to them as well. They were like, um, you know, ceramics. And people paid $3,500 US for that. I can't remember right. how many Ethereum it was at the time. And they did a limited run. They went, this is really cool. Okay. Now, in what I like is they're putting together these experiential, almost playing, like back, back like being a kid. Like, okay, let's just play and throw some creative creativity in. And they've done some great joint ventures now and partnerships with different artists yeah. and created these stories and some of the Gucci projects are now in the top 20. A number of them are in the top 20 NFT projects in the world. And it's like that wow. they make leather bags, you know, not long ago. Yeah. <laughs> now yeah. they're creating this amazing form of di digital art, really. And yeah. they're also making a lot of money out of it because I think that this is the emphasis. They're making a lot of money out of it because just like the Board Yacht Club as well, they didn't start with that as their primary objective. They started to go, let's create something that is exciting and different and interesting and be not afraid to fail. So I think this conversation, as you'd imagine, with corporates is quite like, okay, how are we going to be judged on this in three months' time? Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it's um, it, the, often sort of with, with folks, I get, I get the sense that, you know, they'll come in, they'll say, uh, we want to do an NFT, you know, a bit like yeah. yours. And, and no one's 100% sure why. And that's perfectly understandable because, you know, it's a, it's a pretty, pretty new world. Um, but actually, you know, getting people to think about this as not just being a campaign, I think that was, that's really, uh, great advice because I think that people do think, well, this is just a, you know, an AdWords campaign or a, you know, we're just yeah, going to yeah, yeah. pump and promote something and we'll see, 
uh, you know, what the ROI is on that. But it's um, it is a it's a curious, uh, a curious world, particularly once you you sort of think about how to engage on on platforms like Discord and so forth. Um, one thing that I've obviously we've you know we've we've got a bit of um, sort of volatility in the in the crypto market, the NFT market, um, and so forth. Do, do you get a sense? Because I know there's there's lots of folks out there that um, you know are very keen on the narrative that this is a Ponzi scheme and it's all going to collapse and and we're kind of seeing that now. Um, what are, what are your thoughts on on that sort of narrative? Where, where do you see things headed? Yeah, I think I'll give you an, uh, one example, which is is really the great one at the moment. I think for let's look at this Luna. Um, if we think of a global economy, and now let's just use it. I'm going to just give a story first, then come back to this, like or like a, a conceptual kind of like way to view this is the global economy. If a country went into you know totally just became bankrupt, it would it would be bad. It would be like I'm really unfortunate and terrible. But it's very unlikely, practically impossible to sink the sink the globe, global economy. Now, right, maybe if it was the US or something, that might be a different story. But a, a you know, a smaller to medium-sized country, that would be like really unfortunate, but it, it wouldn't pull the whole global economy down. Now, the lunar examples actually, if anything, gave us more confidence of where we feel Web3 is at, because that and five years ago could have sent this into five-year yeah. total, total, you know, yeah. total freeze, if you like. So the fact that this collapsed and it had a bit of a shake, but then relatively, you know, this has worked, worked its way out and, and kind of on the, back on that, you know, upward trajectory actually fills us with confidence. So you might be going, wow, that's a really interesting way to look at it, but it's just like that analogy of a small or medium-sized country, unfortunately, collapsing. You know, it didn't pull everything in with it. I think like anything, you know, the dot-com early days when everyone went out buying pets.com and this and this and this, is that yeah. buzz. It's a, it's a maturing. It's still such an early, I mean, you know, let's think of it in an age lifetime. It's probably not even in six or seven years old if you yeah. think about it. It's you know, maybe it's in that bratty stage where it's still <laughs> still kind of, you know, learning. But underlying, you know, why Anamoka being in, in so much gaming is there's some simple facts if you look at it. You know, there's approximately a couple of hundred million people that own crypto wallets in the world. There's over 3.2 billion gamers right. that spend so much of their hard-earned money in these closed environment games that are not in the blockchain. So they basically just hand over. Some people thousands of dollars a year, tens of thousands of dollars a year, never getting a dollar back from that. If 10% of that audience moves into blockchain gaming this year, that's not just extra 300 million people into gaming. And, you know, if gaming's the bigger it's going to start and it's going to yeah. move into sport. So I think there's, you know, there's going to be those natural um, ebbs and flows, um, but... But everyone, what, what's that saying? Everyone loves to doubt something, or, or <laughs> when yeah. it's when it's. <laughs> well, yeah, I think. I mean, everyone. It's just. Uh, I mean, it's fascinating, isn't it? Because literally, you know, four or five months ago, uh, there would be people who who were just consumed by you know envy. Maybe that's not the right word, but but it's like, oh, if only I'd bought you know Bitcoin at at twenty thousand yeah. or whatever, and now you can buy Bitcoin at twenty thousand. So. You know, it's what we're seeing. I guess is just um, you know, 
uh, the human psychology and the psychology of groups and so forth. That, yeah. You know, like you, I'm a, I'm a huge believer in this digital asset space. And I think, you know, I, I, I sort of lived through the original .com and it feels very similar to sort of 97, 98. And we yeah. didn't know what we were doing. Largely, we didn't know how big it was going to be. It was sort of largely driven by marketing, which, which sort of feels like um, that's, that's the case we went through. But with, with the folks who you're talking to at corporate, who, who, are, the, who are the owners of the, of the Web3 strategy? Is it, is it being driven just by, you know, sort of marketing folks who are wanting to have, you know, a bit of a punt? Or is it driven by sort of CEOs and senior leaders or senior leaders sort of more uh, cynical about the whole thing. Who, who's who's owning this within an organisation? Yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting question. I think, for like, from our perspective, maybe starting there because it helps scope the question is, you know, we're working with a very, very, very select few large organisations that we feel leak out and our ecosystem and technology can add the most value to. So in terms of, like, working with a lot of corporates, it's it's not as much. I mean, maybe what I can give is some stories where we have yeah, great. Um, very quickly, very quickly, you can see and these may be ones that might partner into certain communities. Very quickly, you can see whether it's worth, whether they're ready. And I would say, unfortunately, probably a vast majority aren't ready because starting back at that cultural and their their like focus, you know, uh, is their organisation ready to do what Gucci did and explore, put some budget in without expecting much back? to be a front runner, to be truly innovative. I don't think there's too many, you know, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of organisations out there that are like that. But when you use the word corporate and that terminology, I think there's some that might want to put it on a on a board strategy just to sort of tick the box. And if it's that's how it's approached, then I think um, it's probably what I've seen is, you know, CMOs or marketing leaders reaching a lot of resistance because it's, being viewed as product centric, like okay, well, within six months, what are we going to see? So I think it's it's I'm often seeing it where it's been exciting is some of these, like the AFL and others, it's where the most senior are taking it really seriously as something truly valuable to their company and their customers and the wider community. They're the ones that are on. Board willing, you know, the AFL has been phenomenal in terms of uh, almost anything we said, no matter how out there it's been, they're like, that's cool. Let's try that. How would that work? Whereas, so I think culturally, our alignment with them has been really cool. And I'd encourage probably, as maybe my message out of all of this is like, let go of how you've done things in the past. Or you're actually very much, this is the perfect way to lose, you know, as one large organization with the 12 million customers here in Australia. They were like, this is the fastest way for us to go from 50% market share to 20. I said, you're spot on. So I highly recommend you guys get on board. They, they said that. They said, this is the really? fastest way for us to lose this much market share. I said, you know, no one, unfortunately, you're just the cheapest. You actually haven't built a community. You're just the cheapest. So like... There's, and these are those type of challenger conversations is like, you know, that things are shifting. The ground swells kind of moving. So it, my recommendation would be start with something really small, just something small. Maybe it's a collaboration with another cool brand or another cool community that, that has, you know, maybe, maybe a similar appetite and do something really small, maybe to a small subsection of your audience. That's probably the best way to be able to be able to do something in this space. 
Brilliant. So, so I guess if we if we sort of recap, so uh, so it's don't think of it as a campaign, um, and yeah. uh, and start start small. I think that that idea of collaboration um, is is really important because we don't we don't necessarily see corporates do that super well. Um, and then uh, the the big challenge seems to be moving from the notion of customer. Uh, to community. So incredibly mm-hmm. valuable stuff. Um, thank you very much, Jordan. I guess just finally, I mean, where do you, you know, where do you see sort of B Media and, and so what's, what's happening over the next couple of years? What's the, what's the proposition, do you think? And, and how, how will your business grow? Yeah, great. I mean, I think we've got a heavy focus at the moment on sort of sport and entertainment uh, groups. That's because they, you know, they just have such enormous passionate fans so they're not not just here in australia asia pacific and other there are some really amazing really large communities where we're working on and then for us like i mentioned before you start to plug in these other associated partners to to add value to mickey at the end of the day that's really exciting for us like what technology what products can we create to all of these millions and ten, hundreds of millions of, of, of users and members that are going to flow into the ecosystem in the next two to three years. It's sort of, that's, that's what gets us really excited. So we're sort of, um, yeah, we're excited to, to, to have fun with this too, because you can't, you can't take it too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think that's, uh, you know, that, that's actually great advice, isn't it? I mean, a bit difficult when you're going to the board for a, for a budget request, <laughs> um, you, you probably need to be a bit more uh, straight about that, but, I think that sense of, you know, as you mentioned with Gucci and, you know, it's it's a world where, you know, we look at folks like Snoop Dogg as being, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, people who've, who've actually made made a mark. So it is, you know, it is curious, but once again, not dissimilar to the original .com. And, you know, I think if we look back in five years' time, if we look back, we would say, of course, digital assets were going to be a thing. There's going to be yeah. steps along the way. We've, we know that. But, um, you know, the, the opportunity is now, um, for the right brands to be involved. And I think, you know, one of the, one of the great things that you've said is, um, how, you know, if, if you're a brand that thinks you might be able to help, uh, Mickey along, you know, with what he's doing and, and his journey to the AFL or whatever it is. And, um, uh, you know, you're a, you're a beer brand or whatever. So it would be worth, I guess, looking at the space, seeing what NFTs are coming out. And seeing how your brand might be able to collaborate is that is that the sort of mindset that you think would be valuable? Yeah, and then challenging like your end user, whether it's a Mickey or, or a Jenny or whoever it might be, it's like how can this technology, within everything that it can create, how can that actually add value and make a deeper experience, a richer experience for your customers that you weren't able to do before this technology? So that's. Probably what I what I'd say is like you know get like anything go and buy your first NFT because then you're kind of in the space and you're reading you're you're starting to get it more um, rather than being too uh, what would you say too too strategic about it all it's like right. get kind of get involved and, and, and get get into it a little bit yeah it's very it's a very difficult space to be theoretical about it it's um, theoretical that's the word yeah yeah because I, I think it's just uh, we're well, so different right it's you. You couldn't, you know, you can't learn this stuff overnight. It's not like you could sort of bluff your way through it. It's, um, in fact, you know, one of the, uh, one of my previous interviews was with the managing partner of KPMG Canada, who bought, yeah. you know, spent $50,000 on an NFT and then, um, also bought some, uh, some crypto to hold on the balance sheet. And he was explaining, you know, his, 
his partners didn't quite understand why they should be spending that money. But, you know, it is true. If you want to be involved in the space, then you, you, you've actually got to get in there yourself. I think it's very helpful. So, Jordan, thank you very much for your time. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Jordan Fogarty, uh, so CEO and founder of B Media by Anamoka Brands. And so, Jordan, we wish you and the team uh, the best of luck. What, what date? Is there a date for the for the actual drop of the AFL? <laughs> in the next couple of weeks. So okay. July, so, uh, <laughs> so aflmint.com.au is where you can go to, to register and get, get your updates. Okay, terrific. So everyone should get onto aflmint.com.au and get that. And just to be clear, you can you can do it with a Visa card, so you don't have to be a crypto or native. Mastercard, or yeah, totally. It's nice and easy. Perfect. So so great for everyone. What a great way to um uh to uh, to show your uh, your love for the AFL. So Jordan, with that, thank you very much for joining us. Best wishes. Pleasure, Nick. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Web Three from Mystery to Main Street. Nothing in this podcast is legal or financial advice. Have a great day. And remember, every organization needs a Web3 strategy.